Welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast Live. Never done that before. It felt a little weird. Probably won't be bringing it back. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host, Greg Mahochko. This handsome devil over here is our founder, our fearless leader of coordination.com. Mr. John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. What? Do you have problems? I have a lot of problems. Uh, <laughs> my God. Do we, do we, you sound like, uh, I don't know, like Hulk Omania on heroin. Thank you. <laughs> I don't. Um, Aaron's Aaron not James, a fan. There you go. See, <laughs> I need to not look at the comments tonight. Uh, Aaron did not like the five heart. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how's John? I'm elastic. Or plastic. I had a fi- I had a physical today. Did you I get had the- a? I had some shots. Yeah, I, I got that. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up right away. Don't do that ever again either. Jesus, what the hell is wrong with you? I had uh, I had a shingle shot, and my doctor said, uh, you know, all you'll get is a sore arm, and I think she was sadly mistaken about that. Otherwise, everything's great. It's great to be here. It's good to see you, Greg. Short hair and all. I Full uh, meta jacket, motherfucker, anyway. I just want to say I have missed you. No, you have. I have. You're a gosh darn delight. An incredible person to be around. Oh, my God. Um, The bar's so hard, but high right now. I don't know if... uh, That's a good question from Justin. (laughs) Did they, uh, after they um, popped your lolly, did they give you a lollipop? Did they give you a lollipop at the end? No, they did not give me a lollipop at the end. I think that's not for people that are like 61. They said, come back when you've fasted and we can do some blood work. Oh, that's what they go. said. That sounds like yeah. fun. Um, well, so this is the first time we've gotten together in a few weeks. Two weeks ago, you were um, on the road attending a funeral. I was. And, um, you know, I, I, the Chatterfields, I don't know if you felt it, but they sent their deepest condolences. And then last week, we talked volleyball ahead of what ended up being a pretty damn disappointing uh, outcome. The next night, or the next, or I should say, uh, that Friday afternoon against uh, Wisconsin. So, um, somebody's signaling us. We will, we will bring in our esteemed guest and colleague. Uh, Does he know that he looks impatient? <laughs> you know what? He made me wait. I'm gonna. Oh make my God! Wait. You know. You- <laughs> Just need well, to leave leave those things behind you. I he he's he's good. Uh, Fred is not wrong. Uh, Fred says that uh, I did miss you, John. I missed your scent. I missed your oh musk, God. really. Oh uh, God, <laughs> this is horrifying. You should bring the other guy in. But you know who? You know what else? Who else? Minnie also missed this. So hi, uh, Minnie. We're gonna do something we haven't done in. A little while, anyway. Uh, we're going to bring in the third member of the tripod, uh, the OG, the Five Heart, when it was in a different form. Um, and for the longest time, he was uh, my sole co-host. Uh, but welcome back to the Five Heart, 
uh, podcast. He is uh, my good friend and my broadcast buddy. He is Haas Reuter. Haas, I, I I appreciate your patience there in the green room where we keep all oh, of our guests. So I didn't appreciate the sign language. <laughs> hey, you Haas, know, how you doing, man? Hey, John, I'm glad to see you. I'm not really glad yeah. to see Greg here. Yeah, same same thing. You know, we got to put up with him because I mean, like, like might as well just have kids. Brian Ferentz on this podcast, <laughs> the Biff Tannen of college football. <laughs> he's removed. Maybe he'll do producing tonight, and he'll put the comments up that we know he's back. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. It's this guy, Did, it's this guy again. Are we going to oh. have witty banner? Or are we just going to go right into the hard hitting questions for you, Haas? I don't know. Should we catch up? You know, like I don't know. It's been a while, man. How you been? Justin's not wrong. The love trying. Good. How have you I been, feel. John? I feel at peace. I've been hanging on. You've been hanging on. How been, is it up in Chaska, Minnesota? It's you know it's it's not as cold and snowy as it should be. That's what it is. It makes me wonder what's going on with this world we're living in. Is yeah. there so much evil in the world that it's just warmer just because of evil? I think so. Iowa is in the, the our half of the Big Ten championship, and that sounds like pretty damn big amount of evil to me. Yeah, and can both teams lose, for the love of God? I, you know what? I'm going to root for Iowa. Oh, God, no. God, yeah. why? Because it'd just be funny. You don't ever just, go that far. I know. that I Something's going on. No, but. Mm. Damn, man, that's dark. I hate it Michigan, is. but I'd rather see Michigan win on that one. You have no idea the power of the dark side, Hoss. You never go full Iowa, man. <laughs> well, let's get to it because, um, it, and first of all, Hoss, I appreciate the threats in in the private chat. If you you were like, screw it, I'm going to leave. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, Your hospitality um, room wasn't very nice as I was waiting backstage. There's I'm no sorry. whiskey. There's no bourbon. <laughs> no whiskey. No bourbon. No women. You know. Yeah. I. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I've let you down. I know we're on a budget here, but good lord. Uh, look at Minnie, that. Minnie's Minnie's. Uh, on Team John with this one, rooting for Iowa. Kirk Ferentz got me with his tears. I'm pretty sure they were fake, or they were the inability to um, control the moisture from his eyes at his age, but regardless. The I, dude, I, I can't know. root for somebody that once punted on third down when they were the head coach at the University of Maine. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, beyond the wow, fundamental aspect that it's that Iowa. is a lot of that is a lot of like keeping that's a, a deep cut. For a quiet yeah, I, I read that, that in a uh, coach's clinic uh, write up one time that he punted on third down at Manx. They were so bad on offense, and it's like let's just be the Ferentz family values right there. Well, you know, it, it you know what them beating Michigan would put a nice like cap. And kind of the regular season of an incredibly stupid year of football. John, the problem is though, you don't have to live in Omaha where you have to. Put well, that up is true. People, yeah, that, that's single a good point. Day. I can think that's of like point. ten that work at the same place that I do. And it's just like good. Oh, well, I, that's understandable. Yep. So it's like Omaha is the thirty-eighth parallel for this rivalry. <laughs> Let good comparison Black Friday. 
You know how Wait. Joe Exotic said in Tiger King that he will never financially recover from this? <laughs> I will never emotionally recover from this. Okay. Did you did you ask Koss the question I asked you to ask him? I prepped we did. him. We didn't. I don't know if you know this, John. We didn't have the opportunity to do an overreaction show this week. I saw so you're it. getting my unfiltered takes at this point. Yeah, this is going to be grand. Uh, so let's. Do we, do we want to talk about the state or uh, of, of Nebraska, or do we want to talk? Let's talk about the game first, because Austin yeah, and I didn't, didn't get an opportunity to do that. Um, it is great uh, topic. We'll definitely get to it, John. Uh, I won't forget. Uh, a lot of comments, of course, uh, bashing um, uh, Iowa. We'll do our very best to touch them all. An exceptionally winnable game that yep. Nebraska Nebraska themselves right into a, another loss. Um, that's not every game down the stretch was like that, but they were all winnable. Um, I, and I think you know, when you look at, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to accidentally jump around because I do want to talk specifically about that, that Iowa uh, debacle, but you, you, Start zero and two, midway give you a little past the midway point. You're five and three, and you have four chances against beatable teams mm -hmm. to become bowl eligible, and you don't get the job done. And it and, and all crescendos uh, in Lincoln against Iowa last Friday. Nothing would have made me happier than you know siphoning off some of that momentum that Iowa had knowing that they were already going to represent the Big Ten West in Indianapolis, uh, building some of them up, getting bull eligible, and you know, getting getting over that hump uh, for the first time since 2016. Haas, it, it, unfortunately, I, I can't pull the stats up. It wasn't a pretty day. We knew it was going to be ugly offensively um, because of, of the one thing that Iowa really has going for it, which is their defense. But at the, at the same time, I, I thought that the defense didn't look impenetrable. No, there were plays there to be made. Um, they even tempted us with leaving the middle of the field open with two high safeties. And so, like, we saw Jalen Lloyd get open on that post route for the touchdown. And throughout most of this year, we always had receivers running open. It just, you know, what handcuffed our offense all season long and again against Iowa was quarterback play. And, um, they weren't impenetrable, as you said. We even popped a few nice runs here or there. But I think at the end of the day, what that offense really showed in that game is we have to come up with a little bit more of a um, definite identity. And I really shy away from using that word because I think it's become a buzzword that the World Herald and Journal Star likes to throw around in late July and early August. But if you take a look around the Big Ten um, – there is that identity of what teams hang their hat on and they don't overcomplicate the process. I think that while there were plays that to be made in this game, that we made it a lot harder on ourselves than it needed to be. And it just really kind of felt like our offense didn't have any flow to it. It kind of felt more like Satterfield was just calling plays and seeing what sticks rather than calling an offense. And you know, there's some comparisons to Satterfield's offense to what the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers run under Kyle Shanahan. That's a system. 
there's built-in answers for everything the defense does to take away the base play, the wide zone play. We use a lot of the same formations. We use a few of the same shifts and inside run plays, but what we don't do is we don't call it in tandem with everything else in the offense. It's kind of a Frankenstein mismatch, and that's not to discredit Satterfield from like the fact that he's he coached his ass off to manufacture points this year. We were just devoid of talent, but it's just kind of two sides of the same argument. You know, I think that we really hurt ourselves by not just uh, keeping it simple. We over we unnecessarily overcomplicated it against Iowa. I mean, you mentioned talking about Nebraska's inability to get out of its own way. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, reference John's questions that okay. he asked uh, uh, me. He said, "Hey, when you when you do the show with Haas, ask him these questions." Uh, I'm going to, John, for your benefit, for the listeners and viewers benefit, I'm going to phrase it exactly as you, uh, phrased it to me to pass along to Haas. Um, Northwestern lost their coach. Their team was supposed to be in disarray. They lost one. And I'm going to use your, uh, emphasis on this one, uh, fumble all season. We lost 15. They threw six interceptions. We threw 16. I mean, how does that happen? That's the question. And when you talk about Nebraska being unable to get out of their own way, you you talk at thirty-one turnovers over the course of twelve games. That's that's certainly a big uh, reason for that. But how does it happen? To to answer John's question, well, while he's what? one fumble, I think I think if I one had fumble lost by you. Northwestern all fucking season one. I think if I had that answer for you, I probably wouldn't be sitting here on a Thursday <laughs> night. I'd probably be, you know, making making a one point four million dollars. Yeah, but yeah. I will say, you know, in for Northwestern, David Braun was hired last year at the end of last year to replace Jim O'Neill as the defensive coordinator. And basically, what it comes down to is when Fitzgerald got fired, they just removed one person. That's it. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that's just one person left. That culture that's been in place since, I don't know, I think Fitzgerald took over for Randy Walker in about 2006. So yeah. that culture that's been in place, that way of doing things that's been in place is there. Um, really, tur- I think Bill Bush said it best on Big Red Wrap-Up a few weeks back. Turnovers just kind of become endemic after a while. They kind of spook people. You know, it's kind of like having a case of the yips, you know. For golfers, you know, or baseball players being real superstitious. But from a quarterback's perspective, you know, the 16 interceptions are a little bit easier to explain than why we put the ball on the turf so many times with fumbles. Because the fumbles almost took on a supernatural quality in a sense. You know, like all three of our quarterbacks had non-contact fumbles where the ball literally just squirted out of their hands. I mean, what are the odds? I mean, the Greg, we talk about being the Chicago Cubs of college football. I mean, that's the definition of it right there. But in terms of quarterback play, Satterfield was not supposed to be the quarterback's coach. I think Rule has hinted it as much, you know, this week in that press conference, kind of the end right. of the year, State of the Union. And he's always been a tight ends coach or an offensive line coach in all of his stops, you know, whether it's Baylor or the Carolina Panthers. And so you got to have somebody that understands the position, coaching that position, coverages, what to expect, what you know the primary read is for certain throws. 
And even if we had a supremely talented and confident quarterback back there, I think they would probably still struggle with Satterfield as the quarterback's coach. When you have three guys of varying levels of talent and varying levels of where they're at mentally in terms of their confidence, I think that that issue just compounds upon, you know, the other issues. I mean, you got Jeff Sims, who's supremely talented, but, you know, has got a case of the yips. His confidence is shattered. You got, you know, Heinrich Harburg, who Mark Whipple didn't even, you know, want him in the quarterback room last year. Right. He wasn't even on the travel roster for the game in Iowa City to end the 22 season. And you got Chubb or Purdy, who's just never really had a fair shake, you know, to, you know, get out there this year because he was dealing with injury. And so, when you look at everything in totality, it's just kind of a perfect storm when you look at our quarterback play. And I kind of think that because, you know, a team takes on an identity in terms of the culture within the locker room, if you have a quarterback that's turning the football over and because of the high-profile nature of the quarterback position, I think at some point what it turns into is, you know, guys are just spooked at that point. You know, people are pressing, making mistakes. You know, it takes on a life of its own. I wish I had a more definite answer. Well, in the, the chatter fields, uh, Fred <laughs> had this answer to John's question. Northwestern learned impeccable ball security after all the car washes at Camp Kenosha. I mean, he, he, he has a point. He has a point. I mean, it, it sounds like all the stuff that went on at Northwestern, one of the primary focuses was on protecting your balls. <laughs> Maybe we should try that. I don't know, man. You know, I don't want to hear about it, though. You know, the the whole thing that gets me about the turnovers is you have to think at some point, statistically, there's a regression to the mean. But I right. feel like I've been saying that about Nebraska football for the past 15 years. And I've come to the conclusion that we are just straight up an abomination. We are a statistical anomaly and the laws of the universe do not fucking exist inside the walls of Memorial Stadium. Like Murphy's Law, anything that can happen will happen. Yeah, bad things. Never any good things. We got an interception with 31 fucking seconds left. You know, and And I still had the thought. I still had the thought that crossed my mind, especially after the flag that pushed it back. I was like, we're going to find a way to step on our own dick here. Yeah. And that's exactly (laughs) what happened because we we threw it right back to Iowa and they uh, uh, handled the clock and, and. you know, marched down enough to get that uh, uh, walk-off field goal, which – If he throws uh, that pass two feet higher, it's a touchdown. Well, you know, I think a little bit of it too is that ref, you know, the umpire who's right there um, in the middle of the field, I think he kind of obscured the vision for Chuba. And honestly, he kind of held up Herkett as Herkett was dropping back into his own coverage. It was kind of on his own blitz. And um, it's like, man, if that ref's just like a foot backwards or he's over here, or Chubb, you know, sees it. it's just like, I feel like Al Pacino, you know, life's a game of inches, you know. But And speaking of Al Pacino, you know, that defense, what, four straight three and outs or was it three straight three and outs? And then there's one play that Iowa gained a first one drive when they gained a first down. But I felt like yeah. Al Pacino in the worst of the Godfather movies, you know, Godfather <laughs> Part 3. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You know, like that that defense, I think that's what I was most upset about, you know, just aside from the obvious, the loss. 
we wasted such a fine ass defensive performance. I mean, we did. that and, and special teams. I mean, I know we had the the missed field goal uh, that was nowhere close. And and I, I've never kicked a, a NCAA field goal. I I know the wind was bad, but the kick was bad. But at the same time, we had did something that twice in the same game, which I don't recall ever happening twice in one game before. And that's we blocked two field goals. You Actually, know, uh, I want to. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just gonna say uh, Ty Robinson had one. Polar Berry, you know, had one. And what's really nice is we've learned since last Friday, or I guess it was maybe before last Friday, uh, that Robinson's coming back. So that duo is going to, uh, you know, continue to wreak havoc for another year. But um, you know, it's just Tony it, it, White. It, it, hmm. Uh, hopefully, Tony White. Right. We'll talk about that, don't worry. <laughs> but you were going to say something, Hoss, about uh, blocking the field goals. Yeah, actually, I just wanted to point out Minnie's comment here. Um, if you want to pull that one up real quick. That one? Sorry. Yeah. We both yeah. hit at the same time, John. Well, yeah, you know, Minnie, you point out that, you know, we were entertained this year and watching Nebraska hasn't been entertaining for the past few years. It was enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. You know, even though, you know, that month of November started feeling like Groundhog Day every Saturday. There was never that point of the season that there was in 22 where it was just like apathy or 21 right. during three and nine, you know, losing six straight to end the year or however many it was from the Northwestern or the Michigan game on that year. Um, no, I felt like we had a chance in every single game we played with the exception of Michigan. And so I'm excited to see where it goes because – as disappointed as I was throughout after each game in the month of November, it felt really good to care, to care that much again. Because under Frost, it had gotten to the point where I was over losses in about 15 minutes. And I know you're still pretty chapped about this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to, I have to <laughs> interact with these fans every single day. I mean, let me tell you. There's like different subsets of Iowa fans, okay? I've been to Nebraska Iowa games in Iowa City. The fans in Iowa City are actually not that bad. They're really not. It's the Omaha contingent of Hawkeye fans that just royally piss me off. You know, and they'll be the first to be like to tell you that they're from Iowa. They'll be the first to bring up the 90s. They'll be the first to right. you know, bitch about living in this state. And it's like, I get that you probably moved here for a job, but if you don't like it, go back to Des Moines, which is just a smaller, dirtier Omaha <laughs> where the construction never ends on the 235 interchange. Do you think uh, Do you think that, that with the Omaha aspect of it, that familiarity breeds contempt? Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're right there. They're, they're in your face, you know, yeah. um, and they're just – the abuses is one-sided and unending and it's it's uh i i gotta say i shared this relative i have some relatives you know from who aren't from omaha and they always think like what you know why do you hate omaha or omaha why do you hate iowa so much and it's like you put up with them every single day you know like you go to work there's iowa fans that you deal with you know and i'm not saying like i have some pathological unstable hatred for them just speaking in football terms but you know it's just like damn like if there's one, I hate to say if oh, if there's one game a year that we win and we go one eleven, it better be Iowa. But no, it is to that point. I mean, uh, come on, nobody likes Iowa. Everybody hates Iowa for God's sakes. Everybody in this conference yep. and the four teams that join this conference next year will learn very quickly. 
Roger Moore says, uh, Haas for Des Moines Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> I have never been happy to be in Des Moines, ever. No. <laughs> um, we, we're talking about... I'd rather uh, be in Davenport. We were talking about uh, ball security, and MK says, should we expect a secure your balls copy t-shirt, John? That is a damn good... That is... I like that. And yes, speaking I, I, of, we'll, we'll try that. We'll see what we can come up with a first design. Speaking of, I'm sure because that, I mean, we didn't secure our balls and we need emphasis on this for the coming yep, the future. Yep. And speaking of securing your balls, Corn Husker Corner says these last four games felt like someone had a vice grip on my nuts and they were tightening it slowly each week. Still go big red. And uh, somebody has commented. I Oh, here we go. Uh, Justin says, uh, Cornhusker Corner, a lot of guys would pay a lot of money for that to have their balls in a vice grip. <laughs> to each their own. We're not ones to judge over here at the I, podcast. I, I'm not one of those. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Everybody's my... got a thing. John seems like big type. What? <laughs> Many, we apologize for this blue humor. Um, Let's talk about so Sam is our resident uh, football player, and based on his uh, hey, picture, that I believe he's a kicker as well. Says that missed kick by Alvano was an absolutely awful kick. It was basically the equivalent of heel shanking in golf. One of those kicks that makes you wonder what the fuck did I just do? Yeah, um, you can kind of see it on Alvano's face too, right after. I think happened. he knew it right away. Yeah. Um, oh, Brian, let's bring up Brian's comment. Brian Bauer. All right, I, I got to find it. 9.26 p.m. This one here? <laughs> yeah. Colorado is down to nine hard commits for 20, the 24 class. Luster is definitely wearing off. Dion, where are those receipts, my man? I you mean, know, I, I've you said do have this more commits Monday. than you do have toes, so there you go. <laughs> I, You know, I – wow. Talk about shots in the seat. <laughs> Well, you know what? As a Husker fan, between Colorado and Iowa, we've learned as Husker fans that hell is painted black and gold. No, that is true. Um, I just – I don't ever see him succeeding at no, this. No. I just – he's – none of the things he's doing is is be, being a successful coach. I mean, you know, none, there's no at, indication you know, other than that flat. it was going to implode. I mean, when he demoted Sean Lewis and promoted – you know, NFL retread like Pat Shermer to call plays. That's pretty ridiculous. And then Lewis goes and gets a head coaching job at San Diego State. John, can we work up a uh, uh, can we can we work a deal with Harbor Freight or something no. to get a, a coronation <laughs> brand ball vice? You don't want Northern Tool? I I, I go with the brands. That I, I was see thinking more of AdamandEve.com for you. I'm not. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> you guys are actually going for tools and <laughs> what the hell? What what's Adam and Eve, John? Well, what do you think it is? Have you been by an interstate uh, exit in the state of Illinois ever? Uh, Illinois, Missouri, Missouri has quite a few more than Illinois. Yeah, a lot of porn in Missouri. You see it advertised a everywhere. Of, a lot of porn. Porn and fireworks. Get get it while it's hot and cheap. That sounds. I apologize. That's bad. Uh, oh man. Um, 
All right, so real quick, while I have a break in the other conversations, uh, Fred Sacco wants to know what I'm drinking. Uh, he's drinking Kincaider's uh, Kilt and, and Caber Scotch Ale, not to be confused with John's Ska Band. Um, so I'm in the the holiday seasonal beer mode. So I am drinking from Southern Tier Brewing Company, which I have always have to double-check where they are from. I'm not going to waste time doing it right now. Anyway, this is... Uh, an imperial ale. It's a frosted sugar cookie. Imperial ale. Very nice uh, logo here. And it's 8.6% alcohol by volume. So um, I'm doing great. I, I don't know why everybody's so angry tonight. Um, I'm not angry. Who's this angry? is one of my this is one of the best shows ever. It is a good one. It's just it sucks that uh, we're not celebrating a win here, you know, talking about that. Yeah, Instead, yeah. we're talking about, you know, finding a way to Nebraska something again i don't know if i like nebraska being used as a verb i don't either but you know what <laughs> clemson was once used as a verb yes it was clemson. and they got out of that they did get out of it now they're probably got to be heading back to it do they <laughs> um somebody pointed out a question a while back about asking who i like as a quarterback's coach personally i think that uh we should probably make a run at Jake Peets, who I think was who Pete Thamel was reporting last year that we were closing in on the new right. set to stay with the Los Angeles Rams. So Peets was with Rule at Carolina, and then he coached quarterbacks and was the OC at LSU in 21, and then he's at L.A. now. And I just think having that NFL experience is probably a pretty big deal to you know, be able to teach guys how it's done in the pros. So I think that would probably help because we all saw Bud Elliott's tweet from uh, 24-7 Sports that guys, quarterbacks don't want to play for Satterfield. So we've got to make a change. I think Satterfield will still call plays at least. Right. But I think that he'll probably be o OC, tight ends coach. Um, I think Josh Martin will probably go back to being an analyst, if not leave for another coaching job. So which – Bear in mind, you know, the whole, you know, Bob Wager, that thing was right. kind of a, in response to having to reshuffle after Pete said no to Nebraska last year. So who knows? Um, I hope that it's somebody because I think – I hope that's somebody good because having that element of the passing game is going to open up this offense a little bit more. I mean, that's a water is wet statement. But, um, you know, if we can attract – if we can get a good quarterbacks coach, we can attract a good portal candidate whether it's will howard from kansas state or you know somebody else well let's because while we're talking about quarterbacks vince had a, a question earlier says how many of the three starting qbs from this year are still in the quarterback room next fall and before you answer that question one will be an h back um many says uh many believes that they all stay but you say two will still be – now, do you still – when you say two in the quarterback room, you think one of the three will move to H-back, or do you think one's leaving Lincoln? I think Harburg will move to H-back. You know, I think – and maybe that's just a, hey, you know, it's Nebraska kid. I don't really see him leaving the program. Right. But I think Purdy is definitely someone that you either see what he can develop into or he's a solid backup. He's already transferred once, you know, from Florida State. Right. Uh, Sims, I don't think it's I, – I think that if he's going to go – wants to continue playing football, he needs to get out of Lincoln. 
He needs to yeah. go to a group of five school in the South, yeah. like a Jacksonville State, you know, where Rich Rodriguez is at, and just play, you know, there. I think that would be in his best interest or, you know, a Louisiana Lafayette. But in terms of portal quarterbacks, Will Howard, Michael Pratt from Tulane, that's another guy that I really like. Um, hopefully that, yeah, the Holy Cross quarterback, I forget his name, but I did see like Adam DeMichel, the quarterback analyst on the for the program is following him on Twitter. So hopefully that's, like, you know, that's bone corn. Every quarterback, the, the Holy cross quarterback. So what's up? Every quarterback in the nation has entered the portal. Yep. I mean, but, you know, like don't it, be, you know, I think it'd be probably something to take a look at who like guys who are highly ranked in the past few years, recruiting class who haven't played yet, who haven't started yet, but are transferring you know, because you see like Quinn Ewers when he transferred from Ohio State to Texas. You know, that's a that's a good one to look at right there. Uh, Justin is a official YouTube member. Welcome to the party, pal. It's a great party. And we appreciate Justin. Justin's a regular uh, here. Been, uh, I, have another, I have another question, Haas. Yeah, what's up, John boy? Why didn't we run the ball all the time against Iowa? <laughs> you know what? Thank you. Thank you. You know, Emmett Johnson probably should have had probably five to ten more carries a game through the month of November. And that, that's where I reference, you know, we overcomplicated it. We made it unnecessarily complicated trying to throw crossing routes and trying to throw, you know, shoot routes to the boundary where we're running out of space and Purdy's running for his life and he's just having to throw it away. I mean, him throwing away the football on third down because nobody's open, that's, you know, almost on par with Joe Daly running out of bounds against Southern Miss in 2004 on fourth down. I mean, like, make a play. Extend the play. But, yeah, I felt like there were even some yards between the tackles to be made. I mean, look at Iowa. On that last drive, they, you know, run a little slow gap scheme right up the middle to Johnson. Right. And Gifford misses a run fit. You know, it, all it takes, you know, yeah, is that yeah. like instead we we overcomplicate it where it's like, okay, it's windy, it's cold, we're gonna try to throw the ball, you know, across the field for a pickup of six, you know, you know, late across the middle. It's like, no, let's just try to, you know, play the game field position wise. You know, if you gotta win a game 12 to 10, 13 to 10, you do it. You know, that's the thing where it's like offensively. I felt like maybe Rule gave Satterfield a little bit too much, uh, you know, just gave him carte blanc, you know, be like, hey, just do whatever. And I even think some of that reflected in the late game clock management because you didn't see any issues defensively with this team, you know, getting lined up, right. or getting calls in. You only saw that on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And I think the units tend to reflect the leadership of their coordinators. I'm going to highlight this one here. This is an interesting comment from a Hawkeye fan. Oh, get the. <laughs> hating Iowa is like hating a mirror or the scale. You're not really mad at the object. You're mad at what it shows you about yourself. Keep up the good work, fellas. Enjoy the humor. Now, look. Oh, well, I, fuck. Uh, now I got to go see my therapist. <laughs> yeah. I hate the scale yeah. and the mirror, but for a completely different reason do I hate Iowa. Yeah. You know, circle her. Here's the thing about Iowa. It's not a real place. It's a liminal space. It's 300 miles of Casey's gas stations and windmills on Interstate 80. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
Okay, here I. But honestly, he's not November, wrong though. Most of the Iowa fans I've talked to in Iowa City, yeah. it's like, damn, these are basically Nebraskans. So like, I gotta think like, Circle Herc, are you are you a psychiatrist? <laughs> You're good, man. Welcome Most to the, of the you month can, of you November. Can stay. Circle Herc gets to stay. Yeah, what's up? Most of the month of November, we threw the ball a fair amount. Yep. Unnecessarily. Was, was there so. a, did we did we because of defensive alignment? I mean, we, we, were we forced to throw the ball just because of the numbers on the alignment at all? Well, I mean, that's always a part of it. You know, if you have a right. favorable matchup or you have, you have a favorable alignment, you take what's there. But I felt like against Michigan State, we were just trying to force things a little bit too much. I felt like, you know, some of those plays, especially – I'm gonna. it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, so I just want, you know, you guys to bear with me here. Some of the times we throw, especially in instances where, you know, third and three, third and four, where it's like just try to pick it up on the ground, especially as the offensive line got better through the month of November. But then you look at other circumstances with like Alex Bullock gets wide ass open against Michigan State and Harburg arm punts it back across the middle. I mean, literally, like you can't have a guy more wide open than that. And he just, you know, he basically – throws a meatball over the plate if this were baseball and it's picked off the you know it floats up there like a punt and so like we schemed guys open and we had the young receivers really developed nicely over the season and you know you could see how they would get open you can see the temptation of hey if we can just give you know whoever's in that quarterback the time to throw and if we can just drill it into their heads all week that this is the um that this is the read, you know, against this coverage, maybe it can happen. You know, it's kind of like you're you're putting it all on, you know, hope at that point. But at the same time, don't overcomplicate it. And I think against Maryland, we started to see, hey, we are what we are. Let's just try to win the game, you know, by doing, you know, what we do best. And that's, you know, playing the field position battle. Unfortunately, the turnover, you know, bug kind of really reared its ugly head against Maryland. Um, very quickly, uh, Circle Herc Circle Herc says not a psychiatrist, although I feel qualified cheering for the Hawkeyes for thirty-seven years. Wow, that's, oh, a, that's a long time. I can give you a tip of the hat. Uh, um, Fred Sacco versus Michigan State, Spurdy Sparty. We tried to score fourteen points to play. Yeah, we tried to get it all back in one play. Yeah, we tried. I mean, it's the equivalent of of you know trying to hit home runs at every at bat, where what you need are singles and doubles. Uh, to get to get guys on board, exactly what I mean with the you know we overcomplicate the process. Yes, we can scheme guys open, but if you can't get the ball there, give it to Emmett Johnson and let him pick up four. You know, get, yeah, get it to four. You know, if you pick up three yards, you know, a couple times and you get to third and four. You know, maybe run three straight times and you get to fourth and one. You know. You're, you're increasing the odds of a little bit more success just by picking up first downs instead of thinking touchdowns, you know. And uh, there was speaking of um, living in Omaha, David Matney says, can we make it a state law that you have to be under center for fourth and one? Uh, you know what? A few years ago, a few years ago, David, I would have disagreed with you vehemently. But I'm a reformed man, and I agree with you. Uh, and uh, David also said, before you answer this, there's a Chatterfield answer, but whatever happened to all the fullback talk 
And then I believe it was, uh, yep, Fred uh, says the fullback talk entered the portal and severed a few of Dion's toes. <laughs> Uh, but what what became we saw? I mean, we saw a little bit of I formation. We saw. We uh, that's Bonner. just it, isn't it? That's just it. We didn't see. We had utilized. fullbacks. We played fullbacks. Yeah, we did. But know, nobody recognizes that the fullbacks are there unless they're in the eye. Yeah, the eye. You know, we had that nice touchdown to uh, yeah. Bonner against Bonner. Maryland. Bonner. We lined up. Yeah. You know, kind of a wing T double wing look, yeah. and we just ran a no motion kind of a what's called in the old wing T offense the Sally play. You know, and just you know no motion sweep, and so we used that. We ran belly option, and that was a big point to you know get the fullback out on the perimeter. I would have liked to have seen us use the fullback a little bit more like how the Niners use Kyle Juszczyk, you know, in the passing game. And there were even points with how, you know, just pathetic our run game was for stretches of the season, you know, that I thought maybe we should put a fullback back there in short yardage, you know, as the primary ball carrier, kind of like how we used Andy Janovich as a short yardage tailback mm -hmm. as well. But the blocking of the fullbacks left a lot to be desired. Let's, yes, you know, it did. Apparently, they were young. Was not playing very well. What were you saying, John? They, you're, they're young, right? They're young. Yeah, and I mean that's the whole thing where it's easy for us to get really pissed off and be like, oh, yeah. five and seven, we lost all these games, four in a row in November, in the same painful way. We're cursed, like turnovers, blah blah blah. At the end of the day, it's like, you know what? This this program, the guys inside the program right now are not, you know, they don't have the institutional memory that we as fans right. do. They're able, they're going to be able to turn the page much quicker than we are, you know. And so, like when we're going, oh, here we go again, you know. Speaking of, you know, being a psychiatrist, you know, we're so scarred and have PTSD when it comes to, you know, when something happens. You know, the team's probably got a lot shorter of a memory on that. I would hope. interesting. Interesting reference, uh, dare I say, deep cut from Fred Sacco here, who says the last 20 years our, our team has been a Rube Goldberg machine on either offense or defense. By If you're not familiar with the Rube Goldberg machine, it is anything, any overcomplicated contraption meant to do a very simple task. Uh, oftentimes you see them you know, in cartoons. Uh, I think now you can see them on, on YouTube. But regardless, Fred says just play football. And I think that you know, and I think I know Fred is right here. Uh, we have had either coordinators or head coaches who have tried to um, outsmart overcoaching, overcoach, overcoaching the Tim Beck special. <laughs> you know, I, I have more like appreciation it. for Beck as time goes on. He could put together really good offenses. It was just the in-game troubleshooting that got a little bit uh, adventurous. <laughs> Uh, let's oh see here. Um, I want to. We're we're gonna oh, get yelled Paul, at. Paul, Paul, no man, no, bro, come on, you don't, you, you don't ever admit that. Uh, so Paul Dalen says there's no difference between Omaha and Des Moines except Des Moines has better outdoor activities. Hmm. I don't. I having I, never been to the, Des Moines. Omaha has you know the College World Series and. I realize that's a short time in June, but that's a hell of an event. You know, they put on some events there. What the hell does Des Moines do? They have Ragbri. Ragbri. The ride across. Ride across. Oh, that's right. Friends yeah. of mine participate oh. in that damn thing. 
Mike Schuster says, what is the Matt Satterfield special? I know they, you know, means uh, Marcus Satterfield special. I would say it's Greg's favorite, throwing the ball three straight times before the half against uh, Minnesota. He did that a few times in every game. Yep. Still. And I think he'd, he'd throw on first down and they would get behind the sticks because they dropped the ball, you know, they get sacked or they do something terrible, and then yep. you're you're screwed, you know? The insistence on running option against Purdue and Heinrich Harburg was getting the shit beat out of him by those defensive ends. That that's a close second. Yeah. I still contend 12 weeks later that if we ran the ball in the latter half of the fourth quarter against Minnesota, we win that game. You know, there were two series, there were like two series where they just threw incomplete passes, you know, one right after another and gave the ball back. We had the win. We had the lead. Kill the clock. Speaking of that first game, yes, I think that we can say, you know, as a post mortem to this season, I do think that we were a better team in game 12 than we were in game one. I think that a lot of it, though, is skewed because of just the ridiculous rash of injuries that we had this year. I mean, when you're talking about, I mean, who Bryce Benhart and Ben Scott might have been the only two starters to not miss any time on offense. Um, I mean, that's just... Offensive line got a lot better as the year went on. Offensive line got a lot better. Ben Scott is a good center. I mean, he got beat out on that fourth and one against Wisconsin, but I think they had the snap count timed up on that one. And don't really love the play call there either, just running duo right up. You know what else? I I would say the number one thing that this team was better at that we hadn't seen for years is something that really everybody takes for granted now, Mm -hmm. and that is tackling. No, very good tackling. One of the fundamental things of the game, we've been terrible at tackling for the years. This year, we actually tackled people. Guys could make one-on-one tackles, and if they didn't, there were people swarming to the ball. I think that's what made that run by Johnson at the end of the Nebraska-Iowa game so heartbreaking. Is like for the entire season, we were so clean in our run fits and so good at getting guys on the ground. And then for it to fail in the most, you know, critical moment the entire season. I mean, you can't make that shit up. That's the most Nebraska thing ever right there. Um, Joel Tilson says, uh, strength and conditioning coach, the blame for the numerous injuries? You know, they weren't really soft tissue injuries, though. They were, they were more physicality injuries. You know, like, you know, you could almost say that maybe we're getting after a little bit too much in practice. And, you know, then you got injuries like, Gabe Irvin, a dislocated hip, like that shit's going to happen from time to time. Not a super common injury. But then, you know, Marcus Washington tears an ACL against Illinois. And I think that's somebody that we really missed coming down the stretch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then, you know, Harburg, I think, you know, he just, I think personally, you know, he's probably concussed against Purdue. Like I know Rule kind of alluded to that as well. And uh, taking some of those hits. And then the other injuries, you know, they're just they're football. They happen, you know. And so it's I don't not LA. I don't, yeah, I don't it's not like, you know, people are getting abdominal wall tears or, you know, athletic pubalgia, the Boyd Epley special there in the late nineties. But uh no, it's it's good to see that we're not having soft tissue injuries. Here's Colin Jay with uh, something interesting I didn't think about. Nebraska lost the first and the 12th game 13 to 10 on the last second field goals after committing a dumb turnover. And lost 13 to 10 against Maryland after committing a dumb turnover. 
That's amazing, isn't it? That's I incredible. I defy the laws of the universe, John. <laughs> uh, all right, so more to talk about, and, and we're going to spend some time doing that. But um, if I don't address a couple of these comments from uh, a very concerned individual, uh, we may lose them as wow. as a as a Chatterfield. Uh, we don't want that. We don't Satter, want that. It's Chatterfield rhymes with Satterfield. That's where we can because they're in the chat. <laughs> See what I did there? I, I thought about that when I coined our comment section, Haas. I just want you oh to know it wasn't by accident. We know we know you're a big Marcus Satterfield fan. It's okay. He's number one. He's number one. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Paul Dalen says Huskers absolutely dominated the all Big Ten volleyball selections and individual honors. Um, it was a terrific season. It's, it's not over. You know, it has been a terrific season for uh, volleyball, uh, and very excited for um, you know the the postseason. He also says that eighty six percent of volleyball stars were first or second round team All Big Ten, and and we're he called us chuckleheads, and that's okay. Um, but we're talking about Northwestern. We had to because it was it was asked. Um, John, our founder and fearless leader. Had asked about Northwest. Like yeah, I asked in the chat. Oh, <laughs> is that new? I, I'm not there yet. I don't. Um, I don't. 9:49 you know, p.m. Ted. I so hope anyway. to God. I hope to God that this volleyball team. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a team that's been amazing to watch like them. And with the, you know, in the past you've seen us have like one primary kill person. And this year we have Beeson and Harper Murray. Harper Murray, I think, got freshman of the year. I don't remember all the awards. Nebraska won four of the five uh, yearly awards. Uh, where was I going with this? I think that if, when you look at a team, there's only one thing that's going to make us happy with this team, and it's the winning highest the bar possible. Yeah, winning. And it, that is the amazing bar for a team that's already been incredible to watch and incredible all season. You know, and that I, I can't imagine being a freshman in college and dealing with that pressure. Although, you know, when you talk to Beth, she has says that you know, even though they're freshmen, they have played a lot of volleyball in different situations all over. The and place. at the highest level, you know, some of yeah. them on the on the you know U.S. eighteen and under national teams, and you know things like that. So there's a reason I think this was the number one recruiting class in the nation um, last year. And uh, look, it's you know all the. I'm glad that Wisconsin is over there on the other side of of the bracket because we might see a third matchup uh, for the national title. Right. So, and I think the thing about talking about volleyball is I don't know enough about rotation or like the difference between running a six-two or a five-one or whatever the hell it is, and you know the all the responsibilities differences between a libero and a setter. So. It's difficult. That's why we have Beth and Miley. Uh, Bone led corn fed said volleyball players can kill and get away with it and get paid to do so. (laughs) Look, if you're a YouTube moderator and you have no idea what we're talking about, a kill is a successful attack on the volleyball court. No one is getting injured except some poor defenders pride. Okay. Don't cancel us or, or, you know, take this video off YouTube. John needs this money for his retirement. 
Stop looking at the comments, Ross. Haas. I did it. I called you Ross. Ah! Fred, Fred, you are my favorite commenter. Uh, Fred says the last rotation John had, he almost went blind. Okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, moving you, on. You have a crap, you have a crap ton of starred comments. Have we gone through them all at this point? No, can I? Can I rapid fire these? Well, yes, you have them up there. You start them. I can't, you know, my eyes are bugging the hell out of me. Well, you're bugging (laughs) out of me. Have you always had those serial killer glasses, John? I've had them for a while. And honestly, when I went when I went into Target Optical, which is where I got my glasses, I said I want a pair of stylish glasses. These are Oakleys, and then I want a glad pair of glasses that are serial killer glasses. <laughs> yeah. You know, amongst the youths, those are popular now. Those are stylish, yeah, so. yeah. Fred, and I Fred. I took a photo of these. I I put them on. I took a photo. My wife sent them to my daughter. The photo to my daughter, and she replied. And I said, well, those are the glasses. They fit you, though. Uh, Fred says the only thing that gets injured on this podcast is John's innocence. I I have innocence? You did. We stripped you of it. Uh, I probably just left it, just opened the door for another Fred comment, uh, witty as it is. All right, we're going to start to rapid firing. We have 23 yeah. star comments and more to 23. come. 23. 23. Uh, Vince Watson says uh, Nebraska winning the portal uh, Ty Nash and Scott coming back. Uh, Ty Robinson, uh, Nash Hutmaker, and ben Scott. Ben, Scott ben Scott coming back probably better than anyone they could find in the portal. Agreed, Vince. Yes. And then uh, there are positions you can't get in the portal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Offensive linemen are never going to be big portal guys. Yeah. So we got really lucky when we got Ben Scott last year, basically. Oh, yeah. Um. Roger Moore said, maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but again, I'm going down the list. This was at 9.01. says, so does Michigan have uh, all the Iowa signals for Saturday? Yeah, yes. I mean, if you see them raise – if you see Kirk Ferentz raise his foot in the air, it means they're going to punt. <laughs> <laughs> they have all four signals. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we talked about the the Ball Vice uh, T-shirt, uh, Cobby T-shirt, but uh, Roger also says Iowa is the 38th parallel T-shirts or, uh, should become a thing too. Agreed. If you recall that, John, we talked about the, the Haas mentioned. Shit, the John, you were probably in Korea with David Hackworth when the 38th parallel was drawn. <laughs> I was at Incheon. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian says, uh, I want Iowa to win. If Brian Ferentz runs onto the field, finds the cameras and screams, fuck Beth gets flipping her the bird on national TV. <laughs> I would I, I see. I would be in for that. I you know would what? be in for that. I, as much as I don't like Brian Ferentz, I would be in support of that. Yes, that would be beautiful. Uh, all right. Aaron says, John must have got his annual delusion booster shot today. Is he rooting for Iowa or he's rooting for Iowa? I'm rooting for I did get a man. shot today. I got three shots today and I'm drooling. <laughs> Is that a side effect of one of those? Yeah, <laughs> I was told that my arm would be sore. I think it's a little bit more intrusive than that. So. Um, Maybe that is the reason. I am purposefully uh, holding off, uh, deferring comments about Tony White. That's a conversation that we're still going to have. Uh, But Brian Bauer says the players seemed happier in the system this year. No one uh, seems to be jumping into the portal uh, 
ahead of meeting with coaches. I, I mean, I feel like we we're not seeing a lot of early attrition. I don't think they're going to have see a lot of attrition in general. Well, you have to see some. We're at a scholarship limit, and we have what yeah. twenty six guys coming in. Yeah, I think you'll see some, but I don't think right. you're going to see it like you know at the level of Scott Frost losing his best player three years in a row. Right. After portal. Well, there you go. True. Because uh, if if John Johnston from Cozad, Nebraska hits the portal, I mean, it's like, all right. Well, Nobody will care. Yeah. Go back. Who? That Jamoke was yeah, on exactly. the team. All right. Um, back to the comments. Uh, Aaron says, do you think Nebraska just has a bad case of Riley-itis? It sure feels like it's been worse since he coached Nebraska. I just think we've been really bad since he coached here. Yeah. And not necessarily a, a, any correlation there. No. Uh, Corn Husker Corner says these last four games felt like. Uh, oh, we already got no. those. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. You know what? Those four games, though, Every after every game, I thought of the same song, Unwell by Matchbox 20. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a little crazy. Yeah. Um, I am pretty uh, well. Colin J says Riley's first year six wins, uh, six one score losses. Frost first year four wins, five one score losses. Rules first year five five wins, four one score losses. Frost first season ended on a last second field goal to Iowa, and so did Rules. There's nothing about that that I enjoyed reading, Colin. I just want you to know. <laughs> I will say though, if Matt Rule had Adrian Martinez this year, probably would have won yeah. eight games, nine games. Uh, Bonelead Cornfed says things will be okay. We'll be just fine. Rule is the right man for the job. 100% agree. Okay, I have Master. a problem I have to take care of. It, did she talking? chew on more paper towel? No, she wants something. I don't know what's going on. She wants to chew up that uh, football in the trophy case back there? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, if I she sniffs your butt, don't tell us about it. <laughs> um, Paul... Uh, a statistical genius says Iowa and Nebraska scored the same number of points in 2023. We're a quarterback away from being eight and four. Yep. We're close. We're, I, I, think, saying, I think the way this 2023 season ended definitely is leaving a sour taste in, in people's mouths. Fred, don't even start. But I do think that we're very, like, we're right on the cusp of, yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, we're not Texas, so we're not saying like we're back. We're on the cusp of being a pretty damn good team. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know some things have to fall in place. Like it'd be, again, we'll talk about Tony White, but well, it'd be great every, if he... every team needs a little bit of luck to go their way. They need the breaks to go their way, but no, we're like we're we're right there. Seriously, like physicality was not a problem this year. Right. No, like, I definitely not, they, they we're brought not, you know getting ran through like tissue paper here. Uh, let's see. Here's one. Here's a really good one for you, Haas. Um, and corn or bone led corn fed says, what are we missing on the offensive line? A left tackle. Yeah. A left tackle. Then it's we got to go find one in the portal. Where, where yeah. is he committed in the last week? Where's Grant bricks fall? Obviously not a as tackle, a true freshman, a tackle, but yeah, he's going to take a couple years of development. Yeah. Look, I mean, again, great frame. I think number again, number one uh, recruit well, out of Iowa. He played interior offensive line. You know, according to the recruiting services, he's an interior offensive lineman. But, but you know, he's he's got the frame to play tackle. But we need a left tackle. It's a shame we got beat out 
uh, by OU for Walter Rouse last year. Yeah. Um, we that could have been a difference right there, you know, and it would have been nice to get Micah Mezcua, who ended who played for Rule at Baylor and ended up going to Florida. Um, you know, Teddy Prohaska played better than uh, Corcoran did, you know, when they put him in there. But at the same time, those penalties killed us against yeah. uh, Wisconsin, and he's just not very physical at the point of attack, and he he doesn't move very well, you know, in space and. As a left tackle, you're going to be isolated quite often, you know, against speed rushers, you know, when they slide protection away from you. So, yeah, we got to improve that. A uh, couple of questions back to back here that that uh, tie in. I, I think tie in. Uh, first, Joel Tilson says, "Who will be the Huskers' quarterback in 2024?" And paired with that. Cornhusker Corner says, maybe y'all talked about it. By the way, great uh, use of the word y'all. But who specifically is your dream transfer QB? So is the 2024 starting quarterback on the roster right now? No. I think dream transfer quarterback, Will Howard, Kansas State. What what does he bring? Maybe if if some of the Chatterfields haven't followed K-State, which, by the way, is just weird seeing them – doing well in Nebraska not uh but what does he bring uh what what attributes does Will Howard have well size first and foremost 65 242 um good arm you know they don't air it out a ton at Kansas State so they definitely run a similar offense uh under Kleiman that they ran when Kleiman and that staff was at North Dakota State but uh he's a good decision maker he's mobile he's tough you know, he'd be the perfect quarterback for rules offense, you know, for what the vision is, for what they want to do here, that distributor that can also run. Um, couldn't ask for a better quarterback. That's my realistic dream one. My dream, like biggest pie in the sky caviar wish of a transfer quarterback be Riley Leonard from Duke, but he's going to Notre Dame. Um, Josh says, OMG, I'm so late. Didn't know Haas was on. Hey, I don't, you know, I don't embrace excuses, Josh. I embrace solutions. So get it together. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, Justin's kind of in, in the same vein, says, Josh, how dare you? But Fred, with a little bit of compassion, which is rare, says, uh, at Josh, I've missed you. Uh, it, I don't think, look, we, we joke, you know, uh, and we, we have a, a sincere amount of appreciation for you, Chatterfields, but. Uh, I don't know if you all have, have really paid attention to the last uh, year-ish of the community that you all have built here on on uh, usually sure. Thursday nights, but but sometimes Wednesdays and, and Monday nights its own uh, chaos uh, with John and Todd. But but uh, much love for you all for uh, you know just being with us all the time. Um, y'all y'all are just superior individuals. Um, Let's see a few more here. Uh, Hammy says, what position should Nebraska aggressively seek in the portal, Haas? Quarterback, receiver, punter. Left tackle. Le- well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me revise this. Quarterback, left tackle, receiver, punter. And then if you can ever get an edge rusher, you can never have too many good pass rushers. What about what about running backs? You know, that for every – you, you- you got Ramir coming back. He says he's coming back. I, I Gabe Urban what, if he's, he's healthy. Right. 
Well, I'm pretty I sure mean, Ramir was on that team in '59 that upset Oklahoma. He's been right. So long. But um, you've also, you know, Emma Johnson is sent coming back. Uh, you lost Kawan Lacey. You don't have a running back commit in '24. Kawan Lacey, uh, that one hurts. Yeah, that one really hurts because a lot of like Dave Campbell's Texas Mo- Football Monthly, who's covered Texas high school football for probably forty some years was saying that Lacey's one of the best backs to ever come out of the state of Texas. So to lose him, that's rough. I think Emmett Johnson can definitely be a really good player for us. Right. Um, portal running backs are a little interesting, though, because, I mean, I'll use 2021 as an example. Marquis Step, a backup, leaves USC, comes to Nebraska, doesn't do anything. Right. Kenneth Walker the third leaves Wake Forest as a backup, hadn't done anything, goes to Michigan State. Look at him now. So it's kind of a crapshoot, just kind of like how junior college running backs were never highly sought after. So, but who knows? You know, maybe there's somebody out there. I think there's a Georgia State running back that uh, EJ Bartle was already following on Twitter, who was the sixth leading rusher in the nation this year. You know, so see what we can find. I want to uh, again address the community real quick here because Josh is, is getting, um, I don't say, Picked on or isolated or anything like that. Josh but is my favorite listener. <laughs> wow. Knock it off. Uh, no, <laughs> he, uh, he says, uh, in reply to Justin, I apologize to everyone. I had to take a road trip to get my screaming newborn to sleep. Um, and uh, Been there, done that. But Fred says, make incremental improvement. I like it. <laughs> So Fred's a, 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 a definitely a, yeah as we know this is no um, secret or regular. Um, all right, a few more of these. Uh, let's see. Safety, uh, you know, a safety or a corner wouldn't be the worst thing to find. Fred, you, Fred, you have a special place in my heart too. You know, come <laughs> on, man. Uh, Minnie says that uh, Chubba Purdy is going to be developed. I think Rule said a quarterback costs one to two million to let the fan base know it, it's costly if you pick the wrong guy. So what? There's what about that? Dis- There's been a lot of discussion about that comment. Yeah. You guys spend the money if you want to be competitive. Like you don't have to like it, but because I mean it does feel gross to spend that much money on an unproven commodity. But I mean. We picked wrong last year, and we just got to keep going. Uh, let's I think one of the comments, one of the comments I find uh-huh. interesting from looking online at people, uh, a lot of the comments are like, "Well, then don't pay somebody, develop them." And you're kind of like, "Okay, here's how this works: yeah. you develop a quarterback, and you develop him for two years, and he turns into a quarterback. Either you pay him two million dollars, or somebody else is going to go, going to going to do that, and he's going to transfer." So just because you develop a guy doesn't mean that he's going to stay at your program. And if you want to say, well, they need to be loyal, I, you're an idiot. You are an idiot if somebody said to you, here's $1.5 million, stay here and be loyal. You know, you can have this or be loyal. You're an idiot for staying, and your coaches are idiots for not recognizing that. You know what I mean? So th- this is the new college football. It's probably going to be like this for about three more years. Until some regulation comes through. Yeah. Um, I will say I want to build off what uh, Minnie said. There is a lot to like about Purdy. You know, I think that there is, you know, there's some tools there that can be developed. The 1.5 million. Yeah. Just a a round number. 
I'm sure that some players get more, some players obviously get less. I'm trying to figure out the taxation on that. Is that just taxed as income? Yeah. It's All right. Income. So it's income. You know, right, right. But, but I don't know, you know, it, it used to be, you know, if it was bagman, it was all, you know, here, here's a here's a McDonald's sack full of stacks of hundreds. Um, and it was under the table. But obviously this you have to declare. So at the highest tax bracket, most of these uh, individuals are, um, you know, single, not married. So they're probably in the highest tax bracket. Is, is this spread out over multiple years or is it, hey, you come to Nebraska, we got 1.5 or, or you come to it's Oklahoma. Probably per year. So out of the 1.5, you're only bringing home, you know, shade under a million if you're withholding 37% for taxes. Right. Damn. Unless you're, unless you have financial people that know what you're doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm a financial person and I know what I'm talking about. Right. So most of these players had better get a hold of somebody like that, or they're going to end up with their family sucking the money out of them. And, and it's going to be a disaster, but this is the, you know, this is the world we live in now. Yes. Colin pointed out uh, Sims getting six figures for turning the ball over 8 million times. You know, he had that uh, Amigo special, you know. I don't think he made as much as everybody thinks he does. That's something we don't need to argue about. But I actually want to point out Fred had a comment at 10.07 about quarterbacks. I was actually going to pop that up uh, just now. All right, read it in your newscaster voice, Greg. <clears throat> Serious question. From rules time in Carolina, then going after Sims, is he just not good at QB evaluation? You know, the, I thought the same thing when it was evident that Sims just was a dumpster fire at quarterback after the first half of that Colorado game. And ruling Carolina, on one hand, I want to say Dave Tepper really meddled with what Rule was able to do in Carolina. And it's looking like it's very evident that Dave Tepper is a real son of a gun to work for with what he's done now with Frank Reich. But at the same time, I mean, they saw, they cut Cam Newton in 2020 to sign Teddy Bridgewater. Can't talk, evidently. Teddy Bridgewater. How? What the hell? That was tripping me up. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. We're just going to do that. Bridgewater plays really well, actually, in 2020. Then they trade a bunch of draft picks for Sam Darnold from the Jets. Sam Darnold doesn't do a thing. Rule never had a quarterback. That's ultimately what led to his demise in Carolina. Now, with Sims, he took the word of Jeff Collins, who's one of his good friends in coaching. He coached them at Western Carolina. Collins coached Sims at Georgia Tech. And honestly, I kind of feel like it was just a case of let's get whoever we can right now because it was such yeah. a fire drill, you know, taking over on November 26th. And then, you know, you got the sprint for the early signing period and the portal opening. So, you know, transition classes are always rough. Um, I think that the portal probably is no exception when you're on a, tra- you know, a transition class. Unfortunately, we learned the hard way. Fred says Haas sounding like a tavern husker at Ray's Wings during a dull 13-10 Iowa win. <laughs> I don't know what a tavern husker is. Yeah, I'm not. At Ray's Wings, Midtown Omaha. Yeah, I've been there. They got um, Coors Banquet. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Paul did a super chat of $9.99. Probably because we mentioned volleyball, which we were going to. 
it was never not going to be mentioned, Paul. We just, you know, yeah, had to get through the 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 drudgery that it, it was the damn Iowa game. Um, all right, let's hey, see man. here. Hey man, that was I don't oh. know about you. That was peak Big Ten football, Big In Ten November. West football, right there. Fred you did know, apparently the SEC, they call Hawkeye. it good defense. But in the Big Ten, they call it bad offense. What gives? Come on. Uh, Ted Hilker says we should have paid that one dude from Georgia, a.k.a. Eric Gilbert, uh, vape pens and vape juice. Um, wow. All right. Well, <laughs> Let's I see guess here. in hindsight, he would have uh, had to been able to play. Yep. Hammy says, uh, "What Nebraska's chance of defeating Creighton on Sunday? Fair, good, or no chance?" John, you know, I, I this is a measuring stick game for Nebraska. Creighton is what fifteenth. Fifteenth. They've lost a. They lost to Colorado State recently. Uh, I, you know, I keep getting shit from guys on Slack that I'm supposed to buy the Nebraska football team and buy into how good they are. And I think Sunday will be, like I said, a good measuring stick. I think that's a good chance. I think you've got a Nebraska basketball team that's probably playing. You know, everybody gets on the court and they never, they don't look lost. They rebound. They don't turn the ball over. They hit the free throws. It's weird. I mean, compared to Nebraska basketball that we've seen in the past, you have a whole gob of players that can play and score. So I think, you know, they have a good chance of beating Creighton. And it's in PBA, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to a Nebraska win, and then they'll probably, you know, have the ball intercepted with two seconds left and fuck everything. <laughs> All right, the, the, we got a couple of fun ones here. Uh, oh God! Oh boy! This is this is going to be fun, Hoss. I think you might be a little bit out of the loop on this, but bear with us here. Uh, living in Omaha's David Matney says, "Still waiting on Coronation Hair Care line of products in the merch store." John. Okay. John, what are you using on that, you know, flow? Mane and tail? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's now, uh, bacon grease, actually. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because, Hoss, I don't know if you can tell, but John did get a haircut recently. Yeah, I mean, he's it's it, he's, it, he's it, looking a little less serial killer-ish. <laughs> and Mindy says, what happened to your Hugh Hefner robe, John? Cut your hair and lost your cool. Wow, that hurts. Is it I, like Samson? Did you? Uh, what about your your uh, strength? Did you lose that as well? I, I had strength. I mean, that's what Samson. You know, Samson has strength. You had cool. Yes. Yes. Wow. I. Uh, you know, I'm just shocked and taken aback at these comments. <laughs> all right. I was running around trying to get a lot of stuff done before Greg told me to come back to the show. So there you go. In my well, defense, for the. For the first time in a long time, I was here before two minutes before the show starts, and you weren't. So I said, uh, John, five heart? Question mark? Yeah. Um, All right. Let's get to. I can put my robe on if you, you know, if you need, really need it. Only, never mind. Uh, Please (laughs) spare us. These were the topics that uh, Brian wanted to talk about at the top of the show. And literally, he, he, commented this at 903 uh iowa lost anger tony white nervousness portal opening recruiting finishing conference champion games uh chance of talking volleyball slim (laughs) but let's talk about tony white tony white is he nervous 
I think Why? that he's going to say no to USC. Oh, Being he's a defensive coordinator there. for Lincoln Riley's career suicide. Alex Grinch yeah. had a great thing, great career going at Washington State when he was D.C. for Leach. Because Leach still emphasized, even though he's air raid, at that point in his career at Wazoo, he still he was starting to emphasize, you know, having a defense. Grinch was really good at putting together a defense that was supplementary to the air raid offense. Lincoln Riley, those teams take on the, yeah. you know, personality of their head coach. Yeah, those teams just don't have any edge to them. They score a shit ton of points. He's probably the best offensive mind in college football right now, but. It's really just kind of smoke and mirrors in a way. They got great skill guys, but even at OU, they were more physical because they had really good offensive linemen. Anymore at USC, I mean, it's just like basically watching a flag football game. I don't he, think we have anything to worry about Tony White leaving. He is bought. He is Bobby Petrino without the motorcycle crash. Not that's solid. That's a solid, yeah. solid that's comparison. They, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh says uh, Jim Leonard rumored to be a head candidate for a defensive corner at USC would be smart move for USC going into the Big Ten. I don't know. The guy's yeah, never lived outside the state of Wisconsin. Leonard. He might not leave. Yeah. Now, in in regards to Tony yeah, White. Why, why would you go to USC when you look at Lincoln Riley and he's a dead man walking there? For your suicide. Yeah, I don't. That I whole sh- Twitter exploded this morning because on threes USC guys said Tony White to USC was a done deal, and then, yeah, they, then all, all of Nebraska Twitter went fucking insane. And then a little bit later, it was like, oh, he's not going there. Well, God, just get the get off Twitter if you want to not go insane this off season. That's that's just called give yourself like John. ten minutes a day. Ride the ten minutes pony a day. Just let the spinning wheel glide. Um. Wow. There you well, go. You, you think I, you didn't think I was going to quote uh, "Blood, Sweat, and Tears"? No, I didn't. <laughs> Joel Tilson says Tony White deserves a pay raise. Fuck yeah, he, he does. does. Yeah, I, all all unanimous here, Joel. Now here's Paying the thing: two Bo- million a year. Bonelead Cornfed says, "If, if, and Hoss, you know how how we love our ifs. Uh, if, but if that. Tony White leaves, should rule higher." Bush, Bill Bush's defensive coordinator. Co-court. Bring in somebody else. Bring in a fresh perspective. But I think rehiring Bush as maybe co-defensive coordinator would be good because that defense was a top 30 defense under Bush after they fired Chenander. Yeah. And probably would have been ranked higher, you know, if If not not for the the hole. I was going to say the hole that that they got dug into. You know what I mean? 49-14 to a really fucking bad Oklahoma team. Yeah. I mean, realistically, uh, and I don't think Josh is wrong here, that it's you can almost count on the fact that somebody's just, you know, no putting, problem with that. Putting things out there. Josh says, uh, I bet Tony's agents floating some of those for a bigger raise, pay the man. Again, I agree, pay him. Um, lock him up, give him give him, you know, ridiculous amount of money uh so that no school can even throw him an offer, is is my opinion. You have um, you have a short window right now. Yep. There is a very short, a short window, window to coach 
for co coaches to make shit tons of money because like I've said this before in three years, this whole model is probably going to change because of lawsuits against the NCAA football players. Everybody who's going to be ruled to be employees. Potentially the NCAA is going to get hit with a $4 billion settlement. Potentially we're, we're looking at a completely different model from three to five years from now. Indiana had so much money just sitting fucking around. They get Tom Allen $20 million to leave. So you That's you have a massive definition you have, of a jamoke. It's just wow. That's just measure. That's just wild. Quit measuring our windows, guys. Windows, Johns. Well, you know that's how you get in. Uh, well, anyway, you know, Mike Schuster says, "How much is a, ridic a ridiculous amount?" I don't think. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's too much to ask. Based on what we saw and the progression that this defense made, and again, Bill Bush set you know set them up in fairly decent space. Why couldn't you pay him just shy of what you're paying Matt Rule? Like, why couldn't you give him decent, well, you know, head coach equivalent money if that school was Vanderbilt? Dave, Dave Aranda, LSE, was making $2.5 million a year as the defensive coordinator in 2019. So yeah. that's the most that a DC has been paid. So that is the baseline right there. And so what's rules making, I think, eight, $8.6 a year? Um, He's making five right now. Five. It goes, up to, it goes it up to $12 million in 2030. So it's backloaded. Okay. Uh, yes. Give Tony White $3 million. Three. I'm okay, Jesus. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, honestly too. not okay Seriously, with that. How many times do you see somebody step into a program with a bunch of players that at the beginning of the season we were like, yeah, they had a nice end to last year, but God, like we just have not been good on defense for over a decade now. Steps in, feels damn near an elite defense. He turned John Bullock into a really solid football player. That's true, he did. And the fact that we had so many guys that didn't even sniff all Big Ten honors, you know, like I hate to be one of those people that's going to say this, but you can't tell me that there's not an anti-Nebraska agenda at some point. Maybe not like an agenda, but just there's a sentiment, you know, because we've been so bad, you know, that it clouds people's judgment because like well, that holdover mentality. That. You, have to, no, you have to earn that. Robinson, back. I mean, like yeah. you got to win respect back, but fuck, some of these coaches are so disingenuous who vote on the all Big Ten teams because it's like, Show me a defensive tackle in the Big Ten that's better than Ty Robinson. Probably Seriously, no. yeah. And you here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the real problem with that. When There's you talk to media people, Nebraska. when you talk to media people, do you think media people by themselves know anything about either side of the lines? No, because here's the thing. It's like yeah. when some of our Nebraska media asked them, asked the coaching staff, "What do you mean about Ty Robinson's playing dominant? He didn't have a tackle." <laughs> It's like really. I'm not gonna see what names. I mean. Like pe people know you? who this person is, but it's like really. I mean, like it's watching a dominant defensive tackle play and not make a tackle. It's you know, it's like the definition of pornography. You know it when you see it. You know what dominance looks like when you see it. It's like come on, you know. Especially in a three-three-five. Yeah, and I mean, for crying Man. out loud, the fact like that's why I don't put too much stock into what the local media covers about Husker. Well. Football. 
that that is the problem with people when they they vote for linemen on either side of the ball for any kind of honors. They have to they have to become an honorable mention before the media guys will even know who they are. Yep. And then they have to be they have to be in conversations for the media people to give them any notice whatsoever. So you have to earn that back. And then the media people, you know, everybody can measure a wide receiver or a quarterback or a running back. They can't measure alignment. Yep. So I'm Doesn't, not on either side of the ball. They're shitty at it. They don't understand the game well enough. Uh, and I've noticed that. They'll have self-righteous <laughs> takes on Twitter. Yeah, they will. That's how it goes. Josh says the defensive line hasn't been the strength of the team since Sue and Crick were on it. Um, and then I had a couple here. Uh, Josh also said that uh, he hopes uh, Ty and Nash come back pissed next year, as well as Prince Will and Cam. Cameron Lenhart. I mean, we didn't have talked enough about Cameron, Cameron Lenhart's a Sunday guy. Th- those young uh, rush ends. Um, yeah, I want to. Uh, James Boardman had a really good comment, uh, and then I got a super chat. I've got to take. Uh, but uh, James says the defensive coordinator is only as good as the position coaches. Uh, he has the scheme. The other coaches get them in the right spot. Rob Dvorak might be the best coach non-coordinator that we have. Those linebackers. I mean, he took linebackers. John Bullock, you know, turned into a football player. Mikhail Bayer turned into a football player. Um, really good across the board. I didn't see any weaknesses with our linebackers personally. Um. The super chat I got to get to, uh, it's too long, been waiting too long. Brian Long uh, says, if Nebraska wins nine next year, John gets a flat top. Yeah, enough hair oh on top of your head there, John. Yeah, I, it's it's a little thin, isn't it? Yeah. Would, would you uh, would you take that, John? No, God. Okay. I, 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 I keep, this champion. is it. National champion. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to grow this out so that I could be a homeless person again. Well, now is a great time to remind uh, you listeners and viewers that this is the portion of the show where uh, we brighten everybody's day, especially Team Jack Foundation, because we are raising money uh, and we're going to uh, watch a movie. We have uh, 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 Hoss. I, I don't. I think I filled you in on this uh, off air another time, but a, a couple months back, uh, probably six weeks or so. We had uh, someone in the comments made a Young Guns movie reference, and John said, I hate that movie. And I said, how can you hate that movie, John? He says, because it sucks. <laughs> that movie sucks. Regardless, you know, it came down to somebody in the, in the comments said, um, if, if, you know, can, can we watch the movie, do a watch along or something like that? And I said, look, for charity, if we can get $100 raised, Something like that. I then, said a hundred dollars, and it was too fucking. It wasn't enough. God damn it. <laughs> well, that that hundred dollar super chat came in ninety nine ninety nine, instantaneous. Uh, so what we've been doing every week is we've just been saying, hey, if you want to contribute to the Team Jack Foundation uh, for the the Young Guns movie that we're going to uh, all watch uh, along at some point, then do that. We're keeping track of it to date. I got to do math off the top of my head, which is going to be scary. It's four. What? <laughs> no, there's there's like a there's, there's like one hundred and sixty five dollars that that people have have kicked to us that we'll um, you know it's like rounding up at the grocery store. Um, 
you know, it, it's you're giving us the money and we're going to make the donation on, on the Chatterfield's behalf through the five heart podcast. Um, Paul, I'll make that note. I'll add yours. So now we're up to 75. Damn. Um, but Highlander gun asked a couple weeks ago, John, when you weren't here, yeah. okay. He asked, uh, here, look at here's Fred, uh, Fred coming in with 20 big ones. Um, big spender that we're almost at 200 now. You realize that John, uh, but Highlander Gun asked, when you weren't here two weeks ago, your childhood friend Monica was. And okay. we acknowledge that Monica does quite a bit of the artwork for uh, our she social does. media, for YouTube and things like that. And Highlander Gun says, Monica, doing the artwork that you do, can you make John a young gun? And Monica, oh, God. being the oh. awesome person that she is, Oh my god. Oh my god, that's horrifying. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's a very young gun, but you know, whatever. I, mean, I see some resemblance between you and Keith for Sutherland there. Oh god. Um you and Lou Diamond Phillips, not so much. Oh my god. Uh, Josh says yes. Uh Justin laughs. And uh, actually, Josh laughs quite a bit too. Um, Monica's here; oh, she wow. appreciates it. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. Uh, and Minnie's uh, getting us four ninety nine for the efforts. I believe that gets us right at two hundred. Um, again, I could do the math, but that would take too long, and, and we want this to be an entertaining show. Um, oh my god. Fred says that you identify as a young gun. Uh, and I, okay. And uh, David Matty is $10 to the cause. I am keeping track of all this guys. You all are awesome. Uh, we, Monica actually uh, sent a message uh, to the five heart podcast, Facebook page, which is underutilized. I fully admit as the only one in charge of that. Um, and apparently through Amazon prime, you can do a watch party. With up to a hundred people, so okay, we can make this happen. And uh, now that we're into the off season, are we going to do that with uh, the Amazon Prime or do it here through Streamyard? Uh, probably through Prime. I mean, we don't have to record that one, right? I don't know. It depends on if people are going to say I didn't get to see this and be pissed. I don't know. I, the whole thing, the whole thing makes no sense to me whatsoever. But <laughs> you know, we did say we'd do it, so here we are. Brian Long for a dollar ninety nine says, "You see the size of that chicken? <laughs> um, this is great. You all, we do have the best fans. I gotta say. Um, Wait, no, look at John has a that. bit of a metrosexual expression. Monica, what the, the hell? What, what, why did you pick that expression <laughs> on my face, for God's sake? It's kind of like a... Um, here we go. Fred says, what do we no get for two... photos of post-game boudoir, <laughs> photos of John. and There's no oh, photos, man. John. No photos. Nobody uh, needs that. <laughs> um. 
Highlander Gun says, I don't know how to do the other stuff. Record it. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, we appreciate you all. Christmas Look, I is have coming. Christmas decorations. You do. I don't. I don't I, either. We're going to go see some Christmas lights at the zoo tomorrow night, guys. Yeah. I, I thought everybody would <laughs> be more excited about that. Uh, Justin says for Team Jack, Young Gun John. Wow. And and it all comes back to you know, I don't know John's, what I'm doing. <laughs> John says I I hate that movie, and I said, uh, um, yeah, but in all fairness, you used to love peanut butter, and now you hate it. So maybe after the brain injury, this will be reversed. Be like, my God, this is some cl- this is some amazing I, I cinema. Love this movie, anything's possible. <laughs> uh, Fred Sackle, five dollars. Does this make any sense? Our former coaching staffs the last twenty years. Fred, is that for? Uh, but, yeah, is that just, for for Team Jack? Just put it there. Okay, fine. Sorry. I don't know how much of this, you know. If look, it, the rule of thumb has been, if they're not saying this for Team Jack or or putting it in during this designated part of the show, then it, it stays in John's pockets. So, John, we appreciate your uh, um, uh, benevolence, I suppose, in this regard. <laughs> benevolence. Yeah. Why, why not? Um. All I right. So. That? I am dropping things. I am keeping track of all the donations. I like uh, how he has this. Me? He always holds up these little pieces of paper. God knows where they go. Like, I'm wondering all the stuff that he has around him. Like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a oh, remote. My desk my is <laughs> my desk is a my mess. Kindle. My car keys are sitting here f- with me for some reason. Um, oh look, I have a battery. Anybody need a smoke detector without a battery? <laughs> I have a PlayStation Five controller. <laughs> look, here's a hair tie. <laughs> um, my my mom and dad uh back in uh, June went to Utah, and while they were out there, they went to Monument Valley, uh, which I saw pictures. It's it's beautiful. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Utah, but uh, you know, I can I can say, uh, you know, my folks went to. Monument Valley, and all I got was this sheriff's badge with my name on it. So, you know, it is to remind, apparently, it's to remind my children that I'm the law in, in these parts. So, uh, but to quote Bane from Dark Knight Rises, do you feel in charge? No, I'm married. <laughs> Welcome to your life, man. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think we've, we've, that, just wait about a minute. We, oh. No, we, he brought up conference games. Oh, man. Tomorrow We're at night, an hour and a half, bro. Tomorrow night is the last Pac-12 conference game ever. Does oh, that not make anybody God, sad? Not really. I think, no. Who's wow. dinging over there? That's my phone. Cold-hearted. Jesus. People. Woo. Oh, no, it's not my phone. It's my MacBook because I'm getting text notifications. <laughs> From a woman? Yes, John. Good. All right. At ten thirty-five, it better be from a woman. Um, yeah, it better not be Fred, work. Fred says Is she that asking the... about AdamandEve.com. <laughs> yeah, she was asking if you knew anything about that three-three-five that Fred mentioned. I think John Moore's no knows more about the three than the five. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I already knows about them all. <laughs> oh, 
Fred says, uh, after the young guns watch along, the tagline for the show will be remember, folks, five young guns is all you need. <laughs> there you go. Um, Josh wants to know does Oregon beat Washington in the last Pac 12 no. game ever? I don't think so. Yes. Uh, Colin says that Hoss, you abandoned us most of the season. You owe us at least another six hours tonight. I'm going to tell you straight up. I ain't got the energy for that. Uh, I did not. You guys just didn't listen to the overreaction show. Maybe you <laughs> did. I don't know. I don't read the comments. I'm taking our late, great, fearless leader, Brian Toll's advice. I don't read the comments. That means we had two they, fearless leaders. We had John comments. and Brian. They've been good comments on YouTube mostly. I mean, we've gotten a bunch of, you know, we've gotten some snarky stuff, but I think with regards to you guys' show, they've been pretty good. Yeah, you know what the meanest one was? You said that we were too what? nice to each other, John. <laughs> yeah, because we we would interrupt each other. Say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, the the meanest Always one that he sent to me, and this is this is uh, for the benefit of the Chatterfields, is when I I put it up online, and, and as soon as it goes live the next morning, he messaged me. He's like, "So you've given up on on headlines? I see." <laughs> that was one that I came up with. Yeah, turned over because <laughs> we turned clever. them all over. Jeez, John, play on words. All Turn right, a phrase. Are you going to be joining us for more live sessions? Y yeah. Okay. Yes. As when when the allowed. events merit it, you know when when we get a big time portal quarterback. Okay. When John cuts his hair and gets a flat top. This is a. <laughs> this is it. This is when it. When Nebraska beats Dion next year, I had scores, to have I had to have flat tops when I was a kid. Dion has toes. <laughs> Does that mean we're gonna score a lot, or is he gonna lose more toes? It means we're gonna score eight touchdowns. <laughs> I, I had I had flat top haircuts when I was kids. I I went through that phase in my life. All right, you didn't want it anymore. No, we're it was we're gonna. Dramatic. We're going to do, I don't, I can't say for sure it's going to be the last comment, but it's going to be one of the last. Um, okay. Because we're going to put this up there and then we're all going to, uh, we're going to let everybody in the comments and all of us um, uh, heap great amount of shit on Ted Hilker when he says, Jay's uh, 95 Husker 67, go Jay's. Wow. What, man? Like, I like Creighton, but dude, it's a Nebraska football podcast. Y yeah. Plus that, they're not scoring 95 and we're not scoring 67. Come on. I think it's going to be say, closer you know to like what? I would 82, say 75. Game, yeah, I would say this game ends around there with Nebraska. Nebraska. 8-275. My milkshake brings to the boys. And then the Nebraska will be what? 9-0 and, oh and have the potential to be rated. Ranked. Yeah, ranked, rated. Okay. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the five. Wait. What? There's one more thing. What thing? The lead singer of the Pogues died today. Oh, shit. No way. 65 years old. Oh, Shane man. McGowan. So, Do you know who the Pogues are, Haas? No. Irish okay, the Pogues. Uh, folk band. Oh, like the Killigans. <laughs> Kiss my ass in Irish. They, they had to change it to the Pogues to get on the radio because, you know, they people wouldn't let them be played on the radio but it's uh really because shane mcgowan had a really kind of a rusty 
drunk. Was, you know, yep. dr- uh, yeah, he he drank a lot, heroin addiction uh, issues. He cleaned himself up, but he died at 65 today. And the Pogues years ago, my wife hates the Pogues because uh, one time she had to put up with three drunk people singing the Pogues all the way to Kansas as she drove. So, uh, some, some really like hell. So, some really terrific in the front seat. music. Um, I would see if I can uh, singing dirty old town to her. That sounds like that's a crime in like 47 out of 50 states. So, at least sometime, Hoss, I want you to uh, jump on your YouTube and type in uh, Fairy Tale of New York. It's a yeah, Christmas song. It's uh, yeah, it it's is. not one that you can really make and play on the air uh, on the radio anymore. There's okay. some salty language that some might uh, find offensive, but um, th- th- we walked into. I shouldn't say we. My wedding party walked into the reception to a Pogue song. My wife and I walked into the wedding reception to Alan Parsons Project Serious. That's like the one thing that I had oh. any control of uh, that day, and I said, "Honey, this is what we're gonna do." And she said, okay. So even touched a horseshoe on the way in. Um, all right. That is it. My love by the gaswork wall. No. Um, dream to dream by the old canal. And uh, I was going to say this to Colin's question about or saying that I abandoned you guys. Um, I would like to be on more because I realized something down the last half of the season. That I miss John's reactions and questions <laughs> about Husker football. Like John, I, I'm not on Slack very often. No. I don't have to push notifications. I'm almost like, damn, I should have John's phone number just so I can, uh, you know, text John during games. And also, there's one person, uh, listener. I have a listener of the show who's a close friend of mine. I don't know if they're listening tonight. But uh, who's a big fan of both you guys and would love to be on the show sometime? Well, that line is getting long. We're <laughs> well, start it's doing a, you raffles. know what it is. You know what it is. It's a long off season. Yeah, yeah ahead of us. We'll, we'll bring uh, Jacob Horde on here. You know that's his name. Big listener of the show, and uh, you know, take a number, get in line. I think we got Fred first, and I wish pick some of the Josh. You know. Uh. Brian Long says, uh, for Dollar Nine, Ted is one of Murphy's men uh, because Ted is is a, a, a true blue uh, Jasker. Um, and Justin says, Hoss, you're going to lose her if you don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I turn off the notifications on my MacBook, you know, so, yeah. So, all right, everybody. Uh, officially, that'll do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. What a great time we've had tonight. Thank you all so much for uh, being here, I know somebody in the in the comments, and and forgive me, I didn't highlight it, so I didn't mention. It, but they said that this is uh, the their social engagement uh, for the week uh, is the highlight of the week. So uh, again, this this version of the show uh, is is top notch. Uh, it's it's so much fun because of the community that we've built here around the Five Heart Podcast. It wouldn't be possible uh, without you. Also, wouldn't be possible without our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. And I'm I'm so glad that we were able to get him. Uh, we couldn't record over the weekend like normal because uh, he had a wedding the day after uh, the 
uh, Black Friday. Yep. Then his birthday was uh, Sunday. He had birthday festivities going on. And then we had internet problems on my end. But I'm so grateful for my good friend and, and, and broadcast buddy, Mr. Hoss Reuter, for uh, being here with us. So for all of us, to all of you, remember that we tell you this each and every week. And we know that you love it. And you want to change it all the time. What is this now? John off subject. Why my speed test on phone is over 100 MP, but Fire Stick is only 20 MP. Same internet. John, what are you doing? Don't give me those technical because, questions. Because uh, because your iPhone, your phone is much newer. could probably connect it to uh, 5 gigahertz. And your Fire Stick is an older 802.11 device or 802.1 device. And it only connects it B. It'll only okay. connect to B at 2.5 gigahertz, so it's never going to get up to the speed. You need to buy a new Fire Stick. I think I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you feel like when I'm explaining <laughs> offensive line concepts. I, I'm, I'm. Very oh, well, I understand that. all that. Man. Okay. <laughs> for myself, for Hoss, for John, this is the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you each and every week the Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? <laughs> Go big red. Win the damn portal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that one. <laughs> hey, Josh, there's blue chew for that.